bloody rampant. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Rampant Rundown, a socio-political podcast hosted by Glasgow's best political queen, high-heeled activist and redhead, me, Lady Rampant. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned in last week to our episode on LGBTQ plus youth in Scotland with Socks Rolling from LGBT Youth Scotland, which was actually our last substantive topic for season one of the podcast, unfortunately. Oh, this week it's our little conclusion episode called the Rampant Rundown Roundup, <laughs> the alliteration that I couldn't say last week, where Tom, our tech guy, and I are going to go back and have a look through the season and just see what we've learned and what our best bits have been. Anyway then, season one of the Rampant Rundown, it has absolutely flown past. Where does the time go? I feel like it was September or something when we were just starting the podcast and already we're now basically at the end of the year, which is kind of what I was hoping to do, actually. I was going to try and keep myself busy with the podcast and thankfully that's been the case, so I'm happy for that. But don't worry if you miss any episodes of season one because they're all online right now on all good places that podcasts are found. So if you're like me and you like to binge things, (laughs) Right now I'm binge watching The Crown on Netflix. I don't know if you're watching that, but I am. I love it. But if you're like me and you want to binge, then you can go back and listen to our episodes, which are online right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and places like that. But here's a reminder then of the season and what we've had. Um, Episode one, we had Oscar Hansen from the Greenwood Cafe in Edinburgh discussing queer sober spaces. Episode two was Nathan Sparling from HIV Scotland discussing the situation of HIV here in Scotland right now. Episode three, we had Dorian T. Fisk from the Shut Up and King platform on drag king representation in Scotland. Episode four, you'll remember we had Talia discussing Black Lives Matter. Episode five, we had Julia Hegeli from the SRC. She is the gender equality officer there and we were discussing intersectional feminism. Episode six was Indigo Corres, the SRC's LGBTQ plus officer, discussing gender recognition reform. Episode seven was Finlay McFarlane from Out for Indie discussing the future of Indie Ref in Scotland. And last but very not least was episode eight with Socks Roland from LGBT Scotland. What a season it's been. And I just want to say a big thank you to every single person who has joined me on the podcast, who's came on as a guest. It was an absolute pleasure chatting to them and hearing about the amazing work that they're doing right now in their field of expertise. So, with that said, let's move on now to section two of the episode, where Tom and I will reflect a little bit more on the season as a whole and see what we've learned about the situation here in Scotland. Okay, so moving on to section two of the Rampant Rundown Roundup, (laughs) it is my pleasure to welcome back our tech guy for the season, Tom McFerrin. Woo! Hey folks, how's it going? (laughs) How are you doing, Tom? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh... Looking forward to when restaurants are open again to go for a nice meal, but for now I'll keep enjoying myself cooking at home. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can put the podcast on while you're cooking at home. That's fine. No, that's what you do. <laughs> Get the Bluetooth speaker on the background, have the podcast playing, frying yeah. up, frying up something good for dinner. Although I don't know if your flatmates will want to listen to my voice, but they might not have a choice. <laughs> uh, my flatmates usually gaming, so you can't hear what I'm doing anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. But um, looking back at the season then, Tom, what has been your favourite part of season one of the, the Rampant Rundown then? 
think I think just seeing how people have engaged with it in that sort of front has been really interesting. Just seeing we were talking about before, like being able to see like where people have been listening from and you know who's been listening and that sort of front to get an idea of and it's really surprising like how many people in other countries and stuff have like tuned in there and like you know a lot of the stuff was very scotland specific but yeah. like it's it's I, I really love the fact that people in other countries have listened to it as well like mm-hmm. i'm like well you know it's kind of getting that the message out there about what's happening in Scotland, you know, especially all the different themes that we've been talking about mm-hmm. and, you know, how that might influence people's opinions on like other countries and maybe they're facing similar problems or worse problems as well. I think that's such an interesting insight to see, you know, how that's affected other people's ideas, not necessarily in Scotland, but because mm-hmm. of what Scotland's doing and how you've got that message yeah. across to them. Yeah, I actually didn't really think of it that way as well. Like, I know we've got international listeners, but I didn't really think of that or the comparisons that we could make with the situation in Scotland and the UK. So, um, yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. But I think my favourite part actually has probably just been getting to chat to the guests each week and, like, getting to speak to other LGBTQ plus people right now where I can't really go out and socialise with LGBTQ plus queer people or go out in the scene or do like shows and gigs and stuff so this has actually been quite a nice way to just connect with other queer people albeit not in the best sort of format (laughs) from my home from my bedroom but it's still been better than nothing and uh yeah i think that's probably been my best bit seeing what everyone's doing in their sort of field of expertise and and learning from them as i go as well i guess yeah that's true actually i guess like at the minute like networking and things and you know meeting new people you're going how do you do it how do you you find these people how do you meet new people without it being weird by like chatting to people like over messages you know like it's yeah, like of it's, course, a, it's almost yeah. like a, a weird social taboo it's like you know there's no way to meet people apart from online at the minute you can't meet yeah. people online because that's weird you know like, like people are so like disconnected from it so that's true yeah, yeah it's, it's given a chance to like in that way almost not just socialize but like widen your circle as well and like in a time yeah. where everyone's circle is literally a bubble literally true like one or two people and it's been quite nice as well like even after the interviews uh some weeks with the guests i will stay on and chat to them as well we'll have like a catch-up or a chat about life in general so yeah it's been it's been a good excuse to speak to people without sounding creepy like oh this drag queen's trying to get me on live chat so <laughs> it's been like <laughs> quite nice in that aspect to do it in a non-creepy way but so uh still connect to other folk i guess 100 um, yeah but then in the podcast specifically, what is something that you think that you've learned on a sort of micro level from the podcast or from one of the episodes or maybe a few of the episodes that we've, uh, that we've done? Um, I think it was actually, it was thinking about like the sober spaces because it was a, a theme that came up quite a few times, either as the main topic, but like, in, and actually just seeing how that, not 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 so much the concept like I knew about the concept, but on like on a lower level, actually seeing how much more common it's becoming, yeah. and something I probably didn't realize. Like you know, when I knew it was a thing, I knew it was pe- what some people were wanting, but I didn't realize just on like a lower level how much it yeah. was sort of like you know coming about, and like you know how that was it was kind of like a, a current across scotland right it wasn't mm. just in hot spots certain areas and things like that and i thought that was really interesting just to see like how that aspect of it is it's 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 wider than i realized yeah absolutely and i think on that point one thing i noticed about the sober queer spaces is looking at the sort of high 
levels of mental health problems and drug mm. and alcohol problems, looking at the figures that have been produced by organisations like LGBT Scotland, and then also comparing that with the lack of sober queer spaces, and you can actually almost see a direct correlation to to that. So I think for me, um, I knew of sober queer spaces popping up, but I didn't really fully understand the, the actual importance of having them, especially for yeah. different intersections of the queer community, like for disabled people or whether that is uh, young people and, and different intersections. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that, actually. Something else for me was looking at the waiting times for gender uh, gender confirmation clinics and things like that mm. we have in the UK. I knew the waiting times were, were really long and quite atrocious, um, as are a lot of things on the NHS, but for gender clinics, it can be like up to three years. Yeah. Like that. So mm -hmm. I was absolutely astonished and it's it's uh it's really such a shame actually I did, that hit me quite hard as well when i found that out i thought god that's that's really a lot um i guess yeah I've, I've had the conversations with indigo quite a lot before and stuff about about you know all the different elements to it you know not just the bit through the nhs things you have to go privately mm -hmm. the layers that you have to like get through not just like the official paperwork that's mm -hmm. so nuanced and out there and all different things you have to do but just actually the levels it's like okay to get to this stage i need to have this but then after that there's like it's like constantly trying to get through another door another door another door just to get to that final place mm -hmm. and it's yeah. just and it and each but you'd think you'd think almost like every time you get through one of those doors it would get easier but it seems to just like every you, you know you're like i got up two steps but now there's a full staircase I got up that staircase, now there's a mountain. You know, it just seems that every stage you'd think, you'd think that in our society, you know, as you go along, it, you know, people who are transgender and going through transition, you'd think that like, okay, well, they've, you know, they've been going to this for like a year and they've been doing this for six months. Surely then you wouldn't have to then wait two years to get to this point. But that's, mm -hmm. it seems to just like grow and grow and grow. I've been in, in my head, it should get shorter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, of course. And I think it was actually really interesting to hear from Indigo about her perspective coming from Brazil as well, because she said mm -hmm. in Brazil the process is actually easier and uh, more yeah. streamlined. They have a process of self-identification there, um, which which also was I was quite surprised to hear that, actually. But um, it's really interesting to um, hear from other perspectives in other countries and what's going on elsewhere. Um, I really like that aspect of it. actually when speaking to guests when they brought that up, that was something I enjoyed. Um, yeah. But I guess that's on a micro level looking at different episodes that we've covered. What would you say that you've learned on a macro level from the podcast as a whole with all episodes considered? I think it comes back to the, the point that you were saying before there, just about the intersectionality of all these issues. Like I didn't yeah. listen to I didn't listen to any of the episodes and think this couldn't be related to any of the other topics. You know what? You know, there was something in every episode, every guest that came on, mm -hmm. that there was something that they said, whether it was, um, you know, for example, the drag king representation and how that ties in with, you know, the you know, the sober spaces, you know, and they, those ideas and you know, like, where do, yeah. where do they have a platform? Yeah. Or then there was the talking about the gender recognition reform and then, you know, um there was a 
it was then you know you had Julia talking about the you know, the intersectionality of feminism and mm-hmm. how those interlink and how you know they're, it was I think just across the board how intertwined all these issues are. Yeah. Like you know we we I think we're already quite aware that you know there's there's overlap, but actually just how much of a unified front either is or should be mm-hmm. even more so maybe that's what that's maybe that's why things as a whole across yeah. the, Scotland and the UK maybe don't progress as fast as they could at times because mm-hmm. people don't realize how interconnected these things are yeah and I think actually I, I think that's a really good point because although we sort of split the episodes although there's eight substantive episodes um, and although I, I managed to split that into categories quite neatly in reality, that's actually not how these topics operate. These topics operate mm-hmm. in a society with multiple different pulleys and levers and intersections operating all at once. So, um, yeah, it's good to consider it from a sort of a macro perspective and see that things are interlinked and intertwined. But something that I sort of learned as well, personally, which I kind of knew like a little bit, but this really opened my eyes. And each week I was sitting in my head thinking, um, like third sector organisations and third sector charities are actually doing some of the best work right now in these Mm -hmm. topics in these fields like it's un it's just undoubtedly the case that the third sector is really making waves for lgbtq plus people here in scotland here in the uk whether that is hiv scotland and waverly care with hiv home testing kits whether that is um lgbt youth scotland and their charter of rights which makes schools have the potential to be safer spaces that's coming from a third sector charity not the schools themselves mm-hmm. um also for instance mermaids uk and what they're doing for trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming communities and all of the work and resources that are available like it's really fantastic and it's it's really nice to see that there are people out there working in these sectors working in these organizations doing fantastic work for the queer community and i don't think a lot of the time they actually get enough credit for the work that they're doing. It's really yeah. amazing. It's 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 work. It, it, funny you saying that. I was I was thinking about this the other day and I was looking through I've been reading about a couple of different charities in Glasgow and stuff. It's it's surprising how much work that these charities do. Yeah. That that in a Western society that's supposedly progressive and supposedly, you know, for you know, supportive and all that stuff that the government should be doing, stuff that shouldn't have to come from charity donations or the charities should be being funded by the government the work they're doing you know you talk about the home kits mm-hmm. you talk about you know the campaigning if you look at like even like legal support in these charities and that front which is coming from whatever they can get support wise mm-hmm. and it's so many of these things that you, you go how is it not how is this not like being pushed yeah. by politicians this is this is just people on the ground trying to break through these changes which is amazing but it also shocks me a bit that in, you know supposedly such a progressive society that's actually still the case it's not mm-hmm. you know it's still very grassroots like yeah. where these things come from yeah absolutely and I, I think it's commendable for the work they're doing and like i said i don't think the organizations sometimes get enough credit um, definitely not and I, I hope that we've actually throughout the podcast been able to highlight just how amazing some of these charities and organizations and people are like really doing great work and i hope that the podcast has just been a little bit of a platform at least um for others to be sort of enlightened into that and hear about the work that they're doing because it's it's really important um but picking up on your point there that you said as well that we like to think scotland is such a progressive 
country and in some aspects of course we are but um what do you think the podcast has taught us then about the sort of socio-political state of Scotland and are we really as progressive as we like to think? So I was I was actually discussing this um, with a friend from home the other day because it's really interesting to look at it in comparison to Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and it's weird, it, Northern Ireland there's lots of things it still needs to do right like there's things that are going wrong, you know we're going in the right direction some stuff but then when I think about Scotland mm-hmm. And people always, you know, it's, it's the thing that people always, you always see it in these stupid Twitter threads, like, oh, Scotland's not racist, Scotland's not this, like, why do, why are these issues, you know, why is, why, it was came around Black Lives Matter, it's like, well, why do we need that, we're not a racist country, or when it comes to, like, even things like, you know, pride every year, and they're like, why do we need that, we, we're inclusive, and what what's the, you see these, these comments, what? like, you are the, you are, well, for one, you're the reason that we have it, if you think there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's, I think it, what we actually could see in the podcast was actually, you know, lived experience of where these problems are happening, mm-hmm. lived, like lived experience in Scotland of where these issues are coming about. And I think it shows that there are pockets, you know, there, I think there's three levels to it. I think there's, you've got the people really pushing for equality. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think the people really driving it in Scotland. I think the numbers are actually a lot lower than what we expect. Like the people really on the ground, fighting for better rights, fighting for better quality, fighting for that experience. Then you get another layer of people who are supportive. Mm-hmm. But they don't really vocalize it. They don't mm-hmm. use their voice to, to talk about it. Like if you bring it up, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm supportive of that," but that's about it. Yeah. And then actually, I think the the number of people who aren't supportive of it, aren't in favor of these things, and want to ignore it or partake in bigotry mm-hmm. i think in scotland's a lot higher than we thought mm-hmm. i think it gets a lot higher than maybe people want to admit is maybe the thing but i think i think it's actually the middle layer that, you know that those people that are saying they're supportive but don't use their voice mm-hmm. you know it's 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 all well and good maybe to post once a year about something that you're you know supportive of but that's not activism you know that's that doesn't you know, it's supportive, but again, people really need, you know, when, if there's a, if there's a petition, sign it. If yeah. you, if you've got a local MSP and you, you're not happy with, you know, with, when you look at things like the Gender Reform Act and things weren't, you should have progressed a lot more than they have by now. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, you know, if all these people you say they're supportive, but never acted on it, mm-hmm. had actually, you know, written to their councillors, written to the government saying, you know, I'm in support of this, anything against this. Is 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 against you know yeah. equality the, the Equality Act all these things, and it's lit, like, I think what it's realised to me is like a lot of people are passive when it comes to the like, you know social political issues, mm-hmm. and I think people need to be more active, and or else or else you're enabling the bigotry. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I actually couldn't agree more. I feel. 100% the exact same. I think the time has passed now to be passive and accepting. I think the time has come to be proactive and adv- actively advocating for, for instance, Black Lives Matter or trans rights. It's not enough to just sit back and say, oh yeah, I support you or I accept you or something like that. No, the time is like now to actually be acting on these beliefs. Um, and I think obviously throughout the podcast, I found that there are lots of people who are doing that as well. And and it's really nice to see that people are also aware of these issues and believe the same and are sort of like saying the same thing. Because I think, for instance, Scotland is 
progressive in some aspects. I think we are doing quite well, and I, I feel quite fortunate to live in Scotland as an LGBTQ plus person. I really do, but I do also think that there's a long, long way to go. Um, mm -hmm. Episode eight, where um, the episode in LGBT Youth Scotland, I think we just need to look at the figures for homophobia, biphobia, mm -hmm. transphobia, queerphobia, and look at the figures for people's mental health, and then actually ask ourselves, okay then, so why are these figures so high? There's definitely a social aspect to that. It's all fine and well we have in legislation in place, like the Equality Act and stuff like that, that looks great on paper. What's the reality like, and what is people's lived experiences like? Um, and sometimes I think there's a little bit of a, a, a discord or a mismatch between what Scotland thinks we are and mm -hmm. sometimes what the lived experiences of, um, of other people are. And I think as well that was also sort of highlighted um, in the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Like you said, a lot of people were quite passive during that, I think, and were very much, but we are accepting we have... Um, We've provisions, we've legislation in place to prevent hate crime, and it's like, well, still happens, still yeah. going on. And systemic racism, whether you like it or not, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's here in Scotland, it's here in the UK as well. So I think the minute that we sort of swallow that pill and we kind of get over that, then we can sort of allow ourselves to be more proactive, to be actively advocating for topics like Black Lives Matter, trans rights, intersectional feminism, and all of that. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of people slate me for saying this, but it's it's when people, you know, post a black square in their Instagram and like to call themselves an activist. And I'm like, yeah. it's great standing in solidarity, but uh -huh. don't forget, like, you know, don't forget in a week's time what's going on. Don't put it up once. And then in a week's time, you know, mm -hmm. you're happy to just go on with your life and not think about it because there's no, there's no virtue in that. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's no foundations in that. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's meaningless if there's no action behind it. If you're yeah. if you're not willing to, you know, keep talking about it, keep that conversation going, make mm -hmm. make the powers that be in government aware that you mm -hmm. and you the people around you aren't happy with how things are, mm -hmm. you know, that that's that's where it matters. It matters whenever you do you have that follow up? Do you have or is it is it just because you think it's a, a trend, you know, and that I think that that's the worst thing about it is when people do do that and people don't follow through with these things or keep having these conversations, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, you'll, you'll get the people on the other side who are saying, Oh, well, there's no problem here. Then they'll go, well, sure. They don't even care. They're not actually mm -hmm. fighting for this. It mustn't be, you know, and it almost adds fuel to the other side. You know, you can't allow that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do. I do think there was a lot of sort of, uh, jumping on the trend and stuff yeah. um, as if it was even a trend to begin with but I think um, I want to like also look at that from a sympathetic point of view as well because I understand like not everybody can be constantly engaged in every issue and working like people have their own lives to get on with but I think yeah. if you do have sort of privilege in a certain area then even just recognizing that and then just sort of seeing how you can sort of unpick that in your life um, and yeah. then just sort of like little little follow-up actions that really don't take long, whether that is signing a petition, donating 10 or 20 pounds to a trans person's GoFundMe for their transition, writing a quick email to your, um, to your MSP. When the school, when the, when the thing came out in the summer about the grades being mucked up for a lot of students, I emailed yeah. my, my MSP straight away in under five minutes. Um, mm -hmm. That's something Same. that we didn't cover in the podcast at all. But do you know what? I mean, it's just little things that if you've done it for one thing, I did it during Black Lives Matter. So then when something else happens, like 
the grades thinking that I'm like, oh, going to write some MP and then yeah. sort of um, sent a quick email. So it's just sort of uh, realising that you can't change everything, but you do have a little voice and your little voice can go a long way, whether that's an email, a petition, uh, a donation and just sort of acting on that constantly because I think the saying is justice never sleeps so if you're sort of trying to be an activist and trying to sort of improve the lives of others around you then it's these sort of little things that actually that matter on, on yeah a yeah 100% you know it's you can have an army of a million voices if people just used it yeah of course, absolutely. But that's then looking back at season one, and I think season one was very successful. I'm very happy with it. I loved all of the episodes um, and all of the topics we covered. It's stuff that we both feel passionately about. So um, it was great to sort of put that out there to the world and let other people hear that as well. But what would you like to see then in season two next year sometime? What's your thoughts on that? See, season one, we, you know, we've chatted to people about what they're doing you know, in support of these things. I'd like to see season two. I want to ruffle some feathers. I want to get some people riled <laughs> up. Let's get some people on that don't like what we're talking about. Let's get some people on with the opposite viewpoints and let's break that down. Let's let's get some politicians yeah. on. Let's get some conservatives on <laughs> that don't agree with us. And let's yeah. let's let's show what they're really like. I'd love that because I think yeah, you know, just like we're saying, you know, it's talking, you know, speaking up for the people, giving that platform, and then you know, going against what we disagree with. I'd love to see that because I know you. I know you, Chris. You would, you would, uh, you would, you would. You know, whether it's it's whether it's Ludi Rampant here or it's Chris. Either way, yeah. You know, they would not stand a chance. Well, I would like to think that they wouldn't, but also I think it would be quite. I mean, I don't want to say I would never change my opinion on something because I think that's when we stop learning. But it would be really nice. Well, not really nice. It would be really interesting, sorry, to have someone who does disagree with me or us on a topic and see what they think of it, or yeah. someone someone with a different perspective. Because actually, that's a very good point. That most of the people, after all of the guests who joined us, already had the same perspective and opinion on the episodes as me. So yeah, I think you're giving me a challenge for next season, Tom. I think you're. Oh yeah, like, you're setting you me know, up for a debate. We got to up the ante, you know. We got to get, we got to get this, we got to get the fire going for season two. You know, we've had we, it's it, season one. I mean, just looking at the response and everything, it's gone so well. It's gone fantastically. I'm, it's been such a great project to work on. But you know, season two, we got to stick it up again. We got to, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna take it up a level. <sighs> Oh, challenge accepted then. That's fine with me. I was thinking of maybe we could do some episodes on like climate change and stuff like that. So maybe we can get like climate change denier on or someone who does. Yes. We get a flat earther in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone like that. Someone just has the complete opposite perspective. I think that would actually be really interesting. And I would probably learn something from them, even if it was just short term. I might learn something. But um, some episodes I think I would like to see next season are maybe like the Gaelic language in Scotland and the preservation yeah. of that. I know some people who uh, who speak Gaelic, so I was thinking maybe I'd like to speak to them, actually. That's really interesting, because also I would uh, be learning on that episode as well. True. Um, and of course, obviously, our transition period with the European Union ends. So I was actually thinking then maybe it would be good to do an episode on the post-Brexit situation in the UK and see if things have changed, if they've changed at all, or whether they are the same. It would be really good just to sort of catch up on Brexit because I feel like right now actually sort of flown under the radar a wee bit with um, all the COVID-19 headlines, which rightly so, that's a fair point. But um, yeah, it would be interesting to see what the yeah. Brexit situation is let's, next year. Let's get a, a pro-Brexit and a, an anti-Brexit on at the same time. 
Yeah, they can do the debate and I can just sit back and ask the questions. You can ask the immediate. questions and explore it. Yeah. yeah I can Let's make this easy like job. A, like, like, a, like one of the political debates. Yes, like I can do the easy job of mediating the discussion and not actually having to partake in the debate. Although I, find, I think I find it quite hard to be sitting back so I bite my tongue wanting to wanting to jump in and say things. I'm just eating, eating popcorn, just watching it like a show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like um, pantomime. I know. Well, I think that's basically what Brexit is, to be honest. So I don't think mm. we'd be far off with the pantomime. That, but anyway, that's what, Brexit's one of the things, to be honest, I think everyone forgets yeah. it's still happening. <laughs> like, I it's, know. I know. But, it's because there's so much going on. Like we are, We're almost in the end of a transition period, but we've also got mm-hmm. COVID and we've got different things in the media. And there's so much going on. That's why I said I think it's quite hard for people to keep up to date with absolutely everything and act on yeah. everything. Um, and that's probably why small gestures are, are better, or small actions are better, I should say, than just sort of trying to do everything at once. But there is, there's so much going on. But that's good for us because it means we've got loads of material for season two. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> oh, anyway. Well, well think... it's been it's been great. I've loved this season, and yeah. whenever season two when we get round to that, that'll just be we'll have we'll hit the ground running with it. I know, I think we will. I think it's been really interesting and it's been a great, like you said, it's been a great project to work on. So I feel exactly the same. I'm very much looking forward to season two. But I think that's, uh, I think that's everything that we wanted to cover this week, Tom. So thank you very much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. It's been a wee while since we spoke to you last on the introduction. So thank you very much for coming back. As always, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. And now we'll move on to section three of the episode. Okay then, so moving on to section three of the episode, and like I mentioned, you can find all of our episodes right now on all good places that podcasts are found. That is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, take your pick. I think most people actually like to listen on Spotify, so if that's your bag, love that, go and do that. Um, And of course, you can just search for The Rampant Rundown and look for the tartan and look for the red hair and you'll find us. But you can also keep up to date with us on social media. We have an Instagram page at The Rampant Rundown where we will post all of the posters and resources from the episodes of every week. If you've been following that already, then you will have seen that. But we'll try and keep it active um, now that season one is finished with more resources and information. So make sure you follow it at The Rampant Rundown on Instagram. You can also email us at therampantrundown at outlook.com to discuss any of the topics that we've actually covered in the episode or indeed whether you'd like to suggest any topics for season two or just get in touch with us for any reason about the podcast, then that's our email address. Please hit us up. We will be happy to receive your email. You can also follow me on social media. You know who I am. I'm Lady Rampant, but that is also my handle on all social media platforms at Lady Rampant. Just look for the red hair, a tartan flag, and you'll find me. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I don't have Snapchat, actually, because folk were sending me dirty pictures. (laughs) So that gets scrapped. No thank you. Um, But yeah, if you've enjoyed listening to me, then please let me know. Send me a message on Instagram. Uh, Send me a message to my email address. Less of a chat. I'd love to discuss it with you. Um, And yeah, tell your granny, tell your auntie, tell your pals about this amazing podcast called The Rampant Rundown, discussing socio-political issues in Scotland. And who knows, they might learn something new. So yeah. If you wish to leave me a tip 
for any of the work that I've been doing, then of course you can do so. You can tip me at paypal.me forward slash lady rampant. This is of course greatly appreciated right now, especially during these times because us drag artists, we're stuck at home, we're in our bedrooms doing drag, we kind of get out and do our gigs. So yeah, if you want to leave me a tip, it would be very well received. <laughs> thank you very much. I also want to say a big huge thank you to Tom McFerrin, who was our tech guy throughout the podcast. And he was really crucial in the beginning as well, just helping me set everything up. So a lot of this wouldn't actually be possible without Tom. So I really want to say a big, big thank you to him for all of his hard work throughout the podcast every week. And lastly, but not least, of course, a big thank you to you two, our listeners, and everyone who's joined us so far for season one. Thank you for all of the lovely feedback on the episodes. It's so great to just get feedback on it and just to hear what you guys think. I've seen posters retweeted and, and information shared, and it's just really, really nice. So thank you so much um, if you've given us some feedback, if you've shared our podcast, if you've told anyone about it, and, of course, if you've been loyal and listened to them all. Thank you so, so, so much uh, to you. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear from you all, and I hope that you like what we have in store for Season 2, which will be coming up in the new year sometime. Anyways, unfortunately, it's bye for now. It's time to say goodbye to season one of the Rampant Rundown. But I think it's very fitting that we finish with our usual motto here at the Rundown, which is carve your own path, dance to your own tune, and make your own magic. Thank you so much, everyone. It's bye for now. Bye!